And Susan Price. And today's topic is when grief grips your soul. Man. So today's topic is really going to be probably one of those like gut-wrenching topics where not a lot of people like to talk about this. Um, If you're anything like me, when you are in sorrow or you're grieving, you're suffering, um, you're watching someone suffer, um, you tend to isolate yourself. Um, So this topic is definitely very tender, and we hope that we really just are delicate in our words and um, with what God has given us because we know how, um, just how your heart is so tender kind of in these instances to really just, um, just love on you where you are if you are grieving. Um, if you are sorrowful, um, if you are wherever you may be, if you have, you know, whatever instance you may be in right now, we just really hope that as we hit on this topic today, that, um, you guys know that it's out of just a loving place from us, um, because we have both been in a place where we have been grieve, grieving before Mm -hmm. or been really, um, sad or sorrowful. Yeah. Yeah, we know it's not an easy topic, and we know that it could it could stir up some things in you that maybe you haven't dealt with. But I think that uh, through that, you're able to to learn a little bit of the process and you know how to handle it. And hopefully, that you know something we say will definitely be some insight to you that you know you can apply to your own life, and and that will help you too. Yes. Um, so first, grief. And sorrow, for a long time, I thought were the same kind of thing. I was like, okay, grief and sorrow are pretty much the same. But in reality, grief is suffering. Mm-hmm. It's a um, it's a cause or instance of pain. Like it's something, it's deeper. It's the suffering part of the pain. Sorrow is actually... Um, what is called. So the feeling, it's the unhappiness that we have from the suffering or the pain. Um, And the first person that came to me in scripture when I thought about grief was obviously probably the one that a lot of people would go to first and and maybe not, but um, one was Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I thought about Jesus is because he did suffer. He did grieve. And what did he grieve? He he grieved the world, the world that was in sinful, the sinful nature of the world is what he grieved. Um, he grieved a falling world that was in sin. Um, and that in itself caused sorrow. Mm. It caused that unhappiness, but it also caused joy Mm -hmm. because what did he did or what did he did? What did he do? He sacrificed that suffering for us Mm -hmm. so that we would not have to suffer. And that's a hard concept to kind of put your mind around because especially for me, um, in an instance of seeing people suffer fleshly, um, you know, a lot of people know my grandmother passed away last year and she got diagnosed with cancer in January of last year. And um, she got really sick very fast and we watched her fleshly suffer Mm -hmm. here on this world, which was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to see in someone that I care about so deeply. But knowing that suffering doesn't have to necessarily be the place where we lose our joy, Mm -hmm. but here, as I'm still here, it was a place that I lost my joy. But for her, she gained her ultimate joy and eternal and mm. in, in eternity, you know? And so it's just such a, a fine thing to talk about because, um, there is suffering and there is sorrow and there is grief. And mm. they're all, these are all these feelings that kind of encompass situations for here, for us. And it's not necessarily in the, in the capacity of we lose someone to death, 
Um, it could be in the capacity of, I have grieved relationships before. Mm-hmm. I have grieved um, deep connections with people, friendships. Like, I have grieved those instances as well, you know, mm-hmm. that has caused me to sorrow. But these are just some of the things that I think about when I think about grieve and grieving and sorrow mm-hmm. um, and the deepness of it because there's such a deep yeah. thing when it comes to those words. You had said something about your grandma that stood out to me when you said that, um, you know, she was finding her joy pretty much when she when she passed away because she was going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And so that that was something she was looking forward to because she knew where she was going. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but it made me think that a lot of times other people's joy can be our grief or our sorrow because, mm-hmm. you know, we know what's going to happen. We know what's coming and we know that we're going to be missing something. And so while they're in heaven with Jesus spending that time with him, yeah. you know, living out their eternal life and we're here, we feel like a major part of us is missing. Yeah. And so I know a lot of times at funerals or even just like friendships, people tend to say, you know, like they wouldn't want you to be sad. They would want you to be happy and, you know, you live, enjoy your life, live your life. And, you know, I think that's just something routine that we tend to say, which I, I don't doubt that those people in our lives that we're grieving over wouldn't want us to be happy. Yeah. But at the same time, it's so much easier said than done because when you lose people or lose, you know, relationships, like you said, you could even be grieving the loss of a job. Yeah. I mean, just something like that. We get stuck in those feelings. And if we're not careful, we, we dig a deeper hole and we can go into other feelings and emotions, which can cause other, other things to happen in our lives. So it's definitely much easier said than done. It is when you're on this side of it. And I think that it's every situation is different as well. I mean, for instance, you think about it, um, you know, my grandma had cancer. Someone could lose someone that they love through um, something unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, or it, because it could be um, something as a relationship, a failed relationship um, that, you know, a marriage, whatever it may be. I mean, everything is different and every situation is different when you look at grief um, and the way people grieve. I think that everybody grieves differently as well. That is something that I completely learned about myself when I was in the grieving steps of um, my grandmother. I hadn't lost someone in forever. You know, I had lost relationships. And I, like I said, that's a different kind of grieving. Um, but when, when you lose someone that you love to something where you're never going to see them again, you, you, can, you can never have a conversation with them again. It's just different. Right. Um, and so with my steps, we actually saw her suffer, like I said. Um, and some people don't have that. They don't see that. Um, but then that's kind of like the steps of the grieving mm-hmm. that I think I actually went through as she was here and then went through some as she when she was gone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think sometimes people have to literally grieve all of those steps right after death because they don't get that chance to, and and I can't say which one's easier, which one's harder. Mm -hmm. I think they're all hard. Like Mm -hmm. point blank. Grief is hard. Suffering is hard. Sorrow is hard. Sadness is hard. All of those feelings, Mm -hmm. they are hard. I do not make light of those at all because Mm -hmm. when you are in that situation um, and when you're feeling those things and you're intensely feeling those things, like you have every right to feel those. It's what you do with those feelings that really matters though. And you can't um, get stuck in those feelings. Kind of like you, you know, you can't get stuck Mm -hmm. there um, because like you said, it can make you feel other things. And so, and it's very easy. It's very easy to fall in that if you're not careful. It is because, um, like I said, it's, it's hard. It's not an easy thing at all. None of it is, no matter what it looks like, no matter if, you know, even if it was a loss of a a loved one and they're still here, it was just a a failed relationship or something. That's still hard, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I want to read a scripture real quick and then I want to hit off of what you just said too. Um, Psalms 56, eight, It says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. Mm -hmm. You have recorded each one in your book. Yeah. And so imagine God being there and him catching our every tear. So he he sees our grief. Mm -hmm. Um, he, He doesn't look at us any differently. He he knows that we're going to grieve. He Mm -hmm. grieved. And so it's going to happen. And that's what we have to do to process things at times. But he enters into our grief. We're never left in our grief alone. That's good. Mm -hmm. I agree. I I think that 
he does enter into it. And I think that we have, um, we have to have that perspective of seeing that. Mm -hmm. Um, that's another thing that's very hard when you're in the situation to view it in that way as him being entered into your sorrows and your Mm -hmm. grief and, and him actually being there catching every one of your tears. Um, I think that's the importance of knowing the truth. I mean, um, I can only imagine how hard it would be and how much harder it would still be on me if I didn't know the truth Mm -hmm. and I, I didn't have hope and I didn't have an anchor, which that scripture, um, or there's a, there's a quote, actually, there's a scripture that goes with it. Mm-hmm. But there's a quote um, that C.S. Lewis wrote, and it said, The death of a beloved is an amputation. Man, how deep is that, first of all? Like an amput- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's pretty deep. In times when grief grips your soul, mm-hmm. and surely grief grips your soul at yes. times, hope in Christ becomes a crucial anchor. It's crucial. It's a crucial anchor for us when grief grips our soul. It's not... Um, that's not like a, uh, maybe you should get this and have it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, this is crucial. Right. Like, this is life or death for you. Yeah. Like, it's life or death for you to hope in Christ at this point. This is life or death for you. It's crucial for your walk. Um, and I think, I'm so thankful that I've, I have that. And I'm so thankful that I have a good relationship with God so close that I know how crucial it is mm-hmm. for me to be able to move forward and to step through those processes of grief. Um, because that hope is that expectation and that desire that mm-hmm. God is, and he will bring me through this. God is, and he will, and he, he's always been a good savior to me. Like it, it, it is that expectation and that hope knowing that this this is what he will do. He's done it before. He will do it again. Mm-hmm. And I'm no less than anybody else for him to push me out of this and move me forward. But I have to, it's crucial mm-hmm. for me to have that anchor in him at this point. Right. Yeah, that verse, I'd written it down. Um, it's Hebrews six nineteen through 20. Uh, it says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It yes. leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Sometimes in the grief process of losing someone too, we can feel like we're dying. Like the pain is so bad that we think that we aren't going to make it another day because we are hurting. We're grieving. We don't know how, you know, we don't know how we're going to wake up tomorrow. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times, I mean, I've been there before. It's like, I'm in so much pain right now from the loss that I don't know how I can go on. Like you've lost a part of you. Yeah. And so that's, that's difficult. You know, for me, when we're talking about grief, I, on the other hand, didn't grieve like I probably should have. Yeah. It was a situation where I don't think I even knew that it was an issue until years later. So I've shared before that um, my dad wasn't a part of my life. My grandfather committed suicide, and it was a matter of a couple months later Mm -hmm. that my dad passed away from a heart attack. And even though I didn't see him, we did get a phone call from his family that he Mm -hmm. had died he was 40 years old and I remember being like, well, I want to go to the funeral. And so for years, I didn't really put much thought into it. It's one of them things when you don't think about it, you don't feel it. Um, And so I don't know, years and years, I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I couldn't figure out why I was the way I was. Like I knew that there was an underlying issue that I hadn't gotten to. And so I knew I needed to peel back those layers and figure out, okay, what's causing this? And so I dealt with depression since high school. I was on medication. It didn't seem to work. It would just make me tired. Like there was all kinds of things that went with it. Um, But I had no no known issue or reasoning for why that happened. So it wasn't until a couple years ago that, you know, I sat down and wrote everything out. And for me, I started to realize that one, the absence of not having a father in my life had affected me more than I really realized it did because... I didn't really put much thought into it. It was just like, oh, yeah, my dad's not a part of my life. He chose, you know, not to be. Right. But, and then when my grandpa committed suicide, I didn't really, I mean, I cried, obviously, at the funeral. Mm-hmm. But I was I was 15 when both of those things happened. So a couple of years ago, I sat down, I wrote it down, and I really realized that, okay, these things are things that hurt me, yeah. but I haven't dealt with. And mm-hmm. so I think, too, like, we can hold on to grief and not even realize we're doing it. Yeah. And it leads to a stem of emotions and issues in your life. 
But when I started to figure out what was going on and I started dealing with it and praying and reading scripture and just really saying, God, you know, I need, I need help. I need you to fix these pieces that are broken that I really didn't even know were broken. Um, for me, then I realized that I was able to process that grief. Yeah. I was able to put it behind me and move forward. And so now I can, I can say like, I've grieved that. And I feel like now that I've grieved that I can move forward. And of course you, you still have situations right. where you, you deal with those emotions yeah. here and there. But I think once you get through that grieving process, the initial grieving process, that, that it helps so much more. Like you have to feel that pain to get through it. Yeah. I agree. I think that um, it's it's hard because in my mind, I know like even that grieving process for you is totally different than my grieving process mm-hmm. that I'm even talking about, you know. And so I think um, you do find ways to get through it, like mm-hmm. you said, and you do find ways to move forward. Um, but as you said, too, I think that there are times that um, it, it hits you, but you start to think of it a little differently Mm -hmm. than you did before. I don't think you ever stop, um, naturally, um, having emotions when Mm -hmm. it comes to losing someone that you truly care about. I think that that's just, that's who we are as people. And Mm -hmm. I honestly don't think that I would ever want to lose that emotion of, not thinking of them. For instance, the other day, so funny, we were all sitting at the dinner table. This is random, but we were all sitting. I just thought about it though. We just we're all sitting at the dinner table, and Kaylee, uh, my daughter, gave. I'm like, I don't like these people. Now. Kaylee, my daughter, gave my son a hug, and um, she goes, "Oh my goodness, you smell like mama." And I, I said, "He does," and she said, "Yeah, he's she's he smells just like her." And I was like, get over here. <laughs> I was like, come here. And he came over there and I smelled him. And I was like, oh, you do smell like her. And it's, it's probably because I'm trying to use things to make my clothes smell like she did. Because it really, she had her clothes and everything smelled. That was just one of the things that I can remember her by is the scent. Because mm-hmm. she smelled just I don't know. It was just yeah. a smell that I can never... And I think people do remember people off of specific yeah. stuff. Senses. Mine was a sense uh, or a scent. And um, anyways, I smelled him and I was like, oh, you do smell like her. Mm. And um, I was like, just come here. Just let me keep smelling. And he's like, all right, now you're being weird. So, <laughs> But the fact of the matter is, is I think that it always... There's something that always lingers. Mm-hmm. And I would love to say that it's, you know, her... I, her, I know her spirit's gone, mm-hmm. and I know that she is in heaven, and I thank God that she had a relationship um, with Christ, and she knew Christ, and she was, but I also think, you know, people, their characteristics, their, the generational things, like that they leave behind, those those things that you get to pass forward from mm-hmm. them and stuff sometimes, and, and maybe you don't get to do, maybe it's a different situation and you're not able to do that, but still there's stuff that you think about or that reminds you of them, um, and sometimes that's probably in a great way, and then I can imagine that sometimes it might not be in a so great way, and so that's another reason that it's so important for mm-hmm. us to learn how to grieve, yeah. Um, because God knows, I had no idea that there was a process in grieving, and 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 there was it was okay to feel some of the things that you felt. Like, I mean, and if people don't know that, then what shame they probably feel while yeah. they're grieving, and they shouldn't. You right. know, they should be able to grieve. Like, we all have a chance to grieve. I mean, that's just part of it, and it's like you said, it's hard. It's just hard. And the different situations, it doesn't take away from the fact that grieving is hard, no matter what situation you're in or or what's happened to you. Um, I just, I think that loss is a part of life and grief is a natural response to the loss. Yeah. And so it just, it comes with it, but we have, we have to feel it. And like you said, the the scent thing, like Mm -hmm. I I think that for people, there's maybe a song that reminds them of people, Mm -hmm. scripture, a scent. It could be a specific thing. Like I know some people are, there's like butterflies or pennies Uh or like just different things. Uh Just different things that they take as a memory. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to have those memories to hold on to too, because 
you cling on to that piece of the person that you've lost. And it kind of, it gives you hope in a way, like they're gone. They may not be here with me, but I still have a part of them with me in my, not just like in person, but in my heart too. Like you get to carry that in your heart and always hold on to it. And like you said, you never want to lose that. No. Well, because there's a, there's a hope in that too. Mm -hmm. There's a hope in, in that expectation of, man, that's, that's just a little sign Mm -hmm. or there's a little hope in that. And so I think that there's, there's something to say, to say about those kind of things too, that just brings you, brings you that joy, that joy that you're seeking as well as Mm -hmm. being like, man, they might not be here anymore, or I might not have them in my, my life anymore, or or maybe this didn't work out, but here's Mm -hmm. a little piece of like hope or, and sometimes I like to call them God winks and, you know, I get things um, that I'm not expecting, you know, yeah. because totally do not believe in, um, coincidences. No. I totally believe that, oh, that's God. Mm-hmm. And so I like to say that too, but, you know, I also think that when we are in those situations of grieving or loss or so suffering or loss or sorrow or sadness or, whatever we may be feeling when we are in those instances, sometimes we're like, okay, well, we're not being fruitful. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to, um, it's okay to not produce fruit in certain seasons. Yeah. Trees do not pr- produce fruit every yeah. season. Um, and that's okay. Uh, because sometimes it's just pruning mm-hmm. and for growth in the next season. Yep. And, it's okay to realize that. And I think that was even a hard step for me is knowing like, it's okay to just be right now, Mm -hmm. to just be right now where you are. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You do not have to be producing anything at this season. Like God will help you to produce what you need to produce Mm -hmm. in your due season. Right. Like there's a season for everything. There's scripture that even says that in in Ecclesiastes. And so I think that realizing those things too, for people who are in a situation now where um, they are feeling these emotions or suffering, mm-hmm. they feel like they are suffering, to know that it's okay to just be. Yep. That um, different seasons for everyone, and um, we all need these different seasons in our own walks. Um, and, and God will see you through that. I mm-hmm. think that that's the biggest thing is knowing that it's okay. Yeah. He needs that time to work on your heart for you to be restored and renewed and refreshed. And, you know, once you've processed everything and like you said, your time will come and he will use you again when the timing is right. But you have to focus on healing. Yeah. And that's another important thing that we have to do is heal. And um, one of the things that I was thinking of when we were talking about this topic for me was, you know, thinking of Mary, you said Jesus, Uh um, but Mary, like Uh think of her, her side of things and, the hurt and the grief that she must have went through with knowing that her son was going to have to die on the cross, you know, and she'd never see him again and, and seeing that for herself and just imagining the people that were in grief over that too. And so there's so many people in the Bible that, that experience grief. There's lots of stories throughout the Bible where people dealt with that. And so it's not an uncommon thing. It doesn't make you weird. I mean, it's part of life and it's something that we go through. It is, and I've always thought too, like suffering. Um, it's it's a hard concept to write your, wrap your mind around because no one wants to suffer. Mm-hmm. Grief is suffering, and nobody wants to nobody wants to suffer. Um, nobody definitely wants to see loved ones suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's something that we all are like. You know, why why do we have to do this? Mm-hmm. But um, one of the biggest revelations that that God I feel like has given me through this season too is. Just that um, I'm not here. Like, I have not been planted on this earth. I have not been formed and I, for nothing besides His. Mm-hmm. His glorification. Like, nothing here is for me. Right. And so, sometimes as humans, we get wrapped up in thinking that, like, even the smallest things are for us or about us or anything. And, and nothing here is for me. And and so, the, the biggest the biggest thing that I have learned through the suffering and the hurting things is that 
um, this has nothing to do, this has nothing to do with me, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as I want to say like, but why God, Mm -hmm. or why would you do this to someone that I care about or whatnot? Um, as, as much as I could say that, or have probably wanted to even say that at times, and then I feel almost guilty because, but why not? You know, mm-hmm. like that, that's his child, right. like my grandmother or my, whoever else could have been that, I, you know, someone has lost, you know, your grandfather, your dad, whatever it may be like, but why, but why not? That's my child first, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just, it's crazy how he works in those times, um, to really work on us as well. Yeah. And if we allow him, um, allow him to, because I think that there is, instances in my own time that I was like totally cut off from even wanting to talk Mm -hmm. about it you know so I think that um it's just crazy what you learn I think that's a question that all we ask often is why like oh yeah why God why would you take this person from me why would you choose to let this person be sick and they've you know lived their life for you and they've done everything to honor you why Mm -hmm. and so we, we ask why, and sometimes I feel like that can do more damage because, like you said, like, why not? It, it's his child, like yeah. you said. It's his choice. And ultimately, in these situations, there's always a reason and a purpose. Yeah. We don't know what it is in the, in the morning or in the, you know, in the sorrow and in the grief. We have no idea. We may never know. Yeah. But oftentimes, there is a purpose for what he does. I mean, all the time, he has a purpose for what he does. Right. I think... Um... I think that's true. I also think, though, that the why is very easy for us to get wrapped up Mm -hmm. in because um, even let's talk about the five stages of grieving. Yeah. um, Because even in those five stages of grieving, there's one that says anger. Mm -hmm. And in that anger, it's so easily to find somebody to take it out on. So let's talk about the five stages of grieving really fast. Um, For the first stage of grief, is denial and isolation. If if I really, when I've walked through these and I've listened or I like read through these and I was like, okay, we're going to talk about these five stages. I said, oh, wow, that was what I was doing. Um, because I can look back and go, I was definitely in a lot of denial. Mm-hmm. I did not want to hear the news. Um, I didn't want to believe the news. And I didn't really look at it any other way. And then, um, once I kind of stepped out of that denial is when I definitely went into isolation. I didn't really want to talk to people. Didn't really want to talk about it. Um, I didn't really want any parts to do with Mm -hmm. that. I've just wanted to isolate myself and be by myself. And so that was definitely a real, um, step of grieving, I believe, because I can do- definitely point out specifics of when I did do that. Yeah, I know denial for me was just um, pretending it didn't happen, mm-hmm. not not giving myself or allowing myself that space to feel. Yeah, and so, um, but isolation was definitely something I dealt with. I could be in a room full of a hundred yeah. people and feel like I was all alone, like, and I could not understand or grip, grip, grip. <laughs> grip. And I could not understand or grip the reasoning behind that. Like, yeah. I'm in here. I'm surrounded by family. I'm surrounded by friends. And yet I feel like I am so alone. And I think mm. that that's definitely, definitely something that we all go through Absolutely. in that stage. And so I couldn't agree more that that's one of the things that you deal with. Uh-huh. For the first step, too. Yeah. Like kind of the first step of it. So the second one is anger. Man, I can specifically remember how angry I would get Um, when, and this is me just being really real and transparent with you guys right now, but when my my grandma was sick, um, we would go stay with her, and when I'm talking about sick, and I'm not going to (laughs) cry, I'm trying to keep it together, when I'm talking about um, sick, you know, we would watch her, we watched her suffer, she went Mm -hmm. from like stages of being absolutely um able to talk and walk and do things to literally not being able to get up to use the bathroom by herself and us having to like walk with her and so we all took turns staying with her and I can remember being up there and you know you don't sleep you're giving them medicine around the clock and you're making sure and you're taking care of them and you love them and you wouldn't want to be anywhere else but then you see like your children back at home and they're doing things or you see 
them attending stuff and you're not there or mm. you see friends of yours doing things and you're just like angry because yeah. you're like, but why is this my life right now? Why is this happening to me right now? Like, why can I be in that situation? And mine wasn't necessarily why God. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like I was questioning everything, like mm. not necessarily... Um, I don't even know, you know, how to explain it, but it was, that was hard. Like you got angry. You were so frustrated that you were in this situation and it, it probably has something to do with like the selfishness of us as humans too, Mm -hmm. is like being like that. This is not how I want my world to be right now. I don't Mm -hmm. want it to be turned upside down. I don't want it to be crazy like this right now. It's like, well, do you want to grow? Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to, um, do you, you know, do you believe, do you trust in me, God's Mm -hmm. saying? And it's like, but I don't want to right now, you know, really. (laughs) I mean, and that's just the realness of it is, is when you're in those situations, whether or not it's, you know, I'm sure your anger will look differently. How Mm -hmm. did yours look? Uh, Honestly, thinking on it, like, I don't know. I think I dealt with that, probably that anger every day, like, short-tempered so to speak yeah just bottled up inside of me Mm -hmm. like I was ready to explode and so I've always been a person who takes and takes and takes from people not like taking from them but like taking a lot from people and I let it bottle up and then Mm -hmm. I get to the point where I just explode I can't take it anymore and that anger like you had mentioned earlier spills onto everyone around me who actually didn't do anything to me yeah um so I think I carried it not even realizing that was something I was dealing with either um, but I wanted to ask you something about what you had said. You know, you said you were angry, which is definitely understandable. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine being in that situation because I'm sure it was a humbling experience being able to be there for her yeah. and, and do those things for her. Mm-hmm. But I can also see the other side of things too, where you're missing things because you're there with her and yeah. you don't want to be there with her and that like you want to be there with her, but not like that. Right. Um, but did you ever find yourself angry with God? Because I know that that's something that often people do go through. You know, um, I'm sure, like, thinking about how I was angry, like, who else was I angry with? You know, Mm -hmm. I might not have necessarily been like, God, why? Or, like, screaming at Mm -hmm. him or anything, but, like, who am I angry with? You know, like, am I angry with other people here? Am I angry at the situation I'm in? Like, Mm -hmm. what? I never really identified what I was angry with. But, I mean, ultimately, if God is everything, then you're kind of, you really are kind of angry with God, you know? And without just really saying that, because I don't, I don't think I ever like questioned him or I don't remember doing that in any of the instances, and especially because my grandma's faith was so strong. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even when she was suffering at her hardest, like you would never have, like she tried her best every day to get up and to just do as much as she possibly could, Mm -hmm. you know, and to, and to show joy in some way until she just really couldn't anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that having someone on that side of things made me not, question him really you know so I could I could understand if someone didn't have that and their person that's passing away was questioning Mm -hmm. God how it would probably make you question right you know God and um but I was lucky that my grandma's faith was so strong you know mine was just more of like just being angry that Mm -hmm that we were even in that situation. Like, yeah. why would, why did I have to lose her? And why was it to this, you know, right. but, but knowing that God had a purpose too, but it was, you know, it was just someone that you really, really, truly cared deeply about. You mm-hmm. loved. And I would not take back any of those days. And I wish mm-hmm. I had more of them now that mm-hmm. I could, but also when you're in a situation of losing someone and they're suffering in that capacity, you can only do so many days before you have to allow somebody else in because it's just, it's very hard on your mind and your body and soul and you have to kind of recoup yourself. So that's just a completely different case scenario. Well, you had your faith and you had your grandma who was an example of, you know, a Christian and Mm -hmm. just a strong Christian woman. So you had that example in your life and, you know, in her hardest time, she was still serving God and praising God. But, you know, it makes me think about the people who don't know God and how do they deal with that grief? Like, because they don't have that hope to hold on to because they don't know about that hope. Yeah. I, I can't, I cannot imagine because just as we said earlier, that hope really anchors your soul. Mm -hmm. And so not having that hope of eternity, not having that hope of knowing where you're going, not having that hope of, um, of peace Mm -hmm. and just, 
um, desire and um, all those kind of things, mm-hmm. you know, not having that hope, I, I, I don't know because I can't, I can't imagine, uh, imagine, I can't imagine being in that situation and, and um, not having hope at all. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would, I pray that if you know someone in that situation right now, or you are even in that yeah. situation right now, and God forbid, and, and they're listening or, or have someone you know that, you know, you want to just share the love of Christ with every day. And no matter seeds, mm-hmm. all they have to do is be watered. And so every time you plant a seed, just water it with more faith and with mm-hmm. more hope um, and know that that, that anchor can anchor that soul. And, yeah. um, you know, I don't know. I mean, that that's a hard thing to think about. Yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah. Like it, it's real. And so, if you're listening and you and you don't know God, you know, nothing we can say can can change how you feel. Yeah. But I can promise that if you would read the Word, and you know, it's available online. If you don't have a Bible, you can look up Scripture. You can yeah. read the Bible and what God has to say, and you know pray. Like there's no right or wrong words. Just have a conversation with God and, you know, start there with that relationship. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on to the third step. (laughs) The third step is bargaining. Um, it's kind of like the if onlys, like kind of what we were talking about why God, but instead bargaining is like, well, if only God, if you would do this, then I will do that. Mm -hmm. Did you, do you remember any of your step, like in any of your steps of healing, going through the grieving process, if you've ever, if you ever bargained or, or thought, well, like to see your dad before yeah. or anything, do you remember any of that? So I'd always planned on seeing my dad when I turned 18. Uh-huh. Like I was like, okay, I'll be old enough to make my own decisions. It was something my mom knew that I'd planned to do. And instead he died at 15. Yeah. So I was like, I was three years, like I could have had that opportunity, but now I don't get it. Uh-huh. Um, for me. So it's hard to say, compare that with those situations. Cause it's a little bit different, but I have had situations in my life where, you know, I had a friend that had cancer and I remember praying like, if you just take her cancer away, yeah. you can just take it away. I'll do this. Or, you know, I promise that I will share more about you with, with other people or just, and I guess in that sense, it is bargaining when you yeah. really think about it. Yeah. Um, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you, but it, it doesn't always work that way. Right. Did you have that at all? You know, this is the one step that when I was reading over the steps and thinking about each step specifically for my um, situation, I don't know if I did that. Um, And I I think that's just because of the place that I was. And, I, you know, I could have. Mm -hmm. Just nothing is coming to mind. But um, I I really specifically prayed, God, your will and not ours. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's your will that you need her more than we need her here, then please, you know, I want you to take her. I I definitely did not want her to suffer as long as she did or anything like that. That was really hard. But um, I also knew that whatever it was and however long it was going to be, that there was some kind of purpose behind Mm -hmm. it. And there was nothing that I was going to be able to do besides just praying for God's will, Mm -hmm. like your will and not mine, God. And, And I think that that's one of those things that I'm so thankful that for my relationship with Christ coming into this, because I can only imagine if I didn't have that relationship even four years ago mm-hmm. and coming into this, how much more broken yeah. I probably would have been to where I couldn't have pieced myself back together or started to even um, in, in realizing, you know, that God's will surpasses all of our even thoughts or emotions or anything in that, you know, that's what we're ultimately praying for, for our own lives. Like God, it's your will, not mine. And so I think, I don't know about bargaining. I can't really specifically put something, anything on that, but that's a real thing that people do though. It is. I mean, we do it often with people face to face too here on earth, but what what you're saying about being sick and not wanting to watch somebody, you know, suffer. That's one thing I've learned over the years through it. And instead of bargaining, you know, I guess, so to speak, my prayer is always, you know, God, I pray healing over this person, whether it be on earth or in heaven, whatever that looks like, I just pray for healing. So they're not suffering. Yeah. And you know, when I think about the suffering part of it or the bargaining kind of thing, think about Job, Mm -hmm. you know, when Job suffered and when he got sick and totally did not understand what his health was like being taken from him. And he completely didn't understand it. His friends didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was a perspective that he had to switch his perspective and rest 
in the faith and the goodness of God. And that's kind of something that we have to do as well is like learning how to rest in the faith and goodness of God and trusting our sorrows in God mm-hmm. um, and believing in that. And so I think that that's just one of those those hard things that you learn um, in that faith really anchors inside of you as you grow Mm -hmm. in your faith um, and as you trust more in God and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, you know, that one's a hard one, but you know, when I'm thinking about these steps too, is I don't necessarily think that you have to have gone through all of them. Everybody or grieves differently. So I think um, you can experience one without the other for sure. Yeah. Um, All right. So the fourth is depression. Mm. And that's really the sorrow part of it, the unhappiness, the sadness, the depression part of it. Um, for myself, uh, there was a there was a time that I definitely was super unhappy, sorrowful. I was sad, um, and it. I, I I think that because of my faith, that that helped. Yeah. That area. Um, but sometimes it's hard for people to get out of that. Yes. And that's a real, real thing yeah. that sometimes you have to get more help, counseling, whatever it may be, to get out of that area um, and need other help than yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I shared how I, and even from high school, I had struggled with depression. And the older I got, the worse it seemed to get. I mean, I had a family, you know, I had everything. I'm not saying I have everything, but I had everything that, you know, you could even imagine to be grateful for. And yet I felt so alone and so depressed. And it was like, you were so far in that pit, you couldn't dig yourself out no matter what you did. It just like, you felt alone. You just felt like everybody was against you, even though that's not how it was. It's like a mind game in a way. And I remember um, just struggling with that and just being so down. Like I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I would isolate myself I would be angry with my family because yeah. it was like they didn't understand that I couldn't I couldn't stop it. Yeah. And it didn't matter the medication I was on. It was like it didn't do anything. And so it wasn't until a couple years ago when I really realized that I had grief that needed to be dealt with, mm. things that had been just like buried deep that yeah. I was undigging and I started handling. Uh-huh. Um, it was at that point, I can honestly say, probably the past year, solid year that I have seeing my depression lesson mm-hmm. and Praise um, God. yeah like I mean I'm still on medication obviously but I will say that like I can tell a major difference yeah. like I'm happier awesome, I'm man. able to to deal with the different situations and not mm-hmm. get myself back in that rut I mean there's good days there's bad days and you know honestly it's harder for some people but I had to deal with things in order I think for that depression to ease off because all you're doing is covering it up yeah And that's okay. You know what? That's okay that you have to take medication to help for, you know, like that, that is okay. I don't, I think that sometimes people are like, no, you can't do this or we're laying down the law on this and you're not supposed to do that. But, um, there is healing that has to take place. And sometimes we need help in that healing, whether it not be, um, something to help us medication wise Mm -hmm. or something counseling wise, whatever it may be like, that, that is okay to yeah. take those steps to healing to better yourself. Yeah. That is what it's about, is bettering ourselves. And so it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people get lost in, well, maybe that's not a thing that I should do. But, you know, God is working still mm-hmm. through that. People try to hide it or not talk about it at yeah. all. Because, it, you know, back years ago, I can remember, you know, if somebody was depressed, it was, oh, they're crazy. Yeah. Why, they're crazy. But that's not how it is. Like, you legit need help and it's okay to seek help. I, we would mer- much rather you seek that help than deal yeah. with it on your own and get yourself to a point that you can't get yourself out. Right. Absolutely. And it's a real thing. Depression is a real thing, whether or not it's grieving or suffering from something or losing someone to whatever else may, may be. Yeah. Depression is a real thing. And that's a whole nother topic yep. that we could probably talk <laughs> on at another time. Um, and so, um, that's a that's a huge thing. You know, I thought when you were talking too is um I don't I haven't looked at it as a depression state or anything like that, but there has been um there was times where I would um lay in my bed and just cry. Like it would, you know, things would come up and I would just cry and nobody knew about mm-hmm. it. You know, obviously my husband would come in and be like, "Are you okay?" and it was really I just wanted to be alone and just cry. Yeah. You know, I was just sad. And so there's things like that as well, but 
the fifth one, and we'll kind of end this here, and um, but is acceptance. Mm. Ooh. So acceptance for you. What do you think that looked like? Acceptance. Like, know, does that mean like try, wanting to be accepted? No, it's trying. It's like coming to terms with what has oh, happened. Oh, accepting what accepting. has happened. So like acceptance, like it's coming to terms with what has happened and knowing that basically you can move forward, yeah. but it's not ever going to like you're not ever going to forget about what's mm-hmm. happened, you know. But you can move forward now. You've yep. accepted it. and You're coming to terms with it. So I think in order to accept it, you have to deal with it. You yeah. have to feel it, like we keep saying. Um, and I think for me, I would say I have accepted it because I did deal with it. Finally, I, I figured out the source. But um, grieving and going through the process and finally getting to a point of where I can say it had to happen, I th- that, that's part of what makes us who we are, yeah. what we've been through. And so I can honestly say that, yeah, I have accepted it in my life and I've been able to um, move forward while, like you said, there are days that are going to be harder. You're not going to forget what happened. You're going to struggle. You're going to have days where you may just be sad about it and that's okay. Yeah. Um, For me, I think that um, it's accepting, obviously being able to heal and grieve from it because that. I felt my feelings. I still feel my feelings every mm-hmm. time. I've always said, like, sometimes I wish I didn't have to feel these feelings. <laughs> but I feel, like, I feel deeply the feelings that come in. And I think that that helps you process things is to feel things and not try to just push them into the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, just coming to terms with um, and having hope that one day, you know, they're in a better place. and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's, it looks different. I think for everybody, I really do. I think the accepting part looks different for everybody, but coming, um, being in that place with God and being able to just really surrender all your feelings over to him and believing and trusting that what he's going to do with all of that, Mm -hmm. um, is going to be for his glory and your good. Yeah. I want to share something before we end too. Yeah. Um, more of a question of how, how can we help someone who's grieving? Because a lot of times people can say some things that they have good intentions, yeah. but it really doesn't help your grieving process. And so um, I think step one to that would be to acknowledge the situation and express your concern for that person. Uh-huh. Like acknowledge it, you know, be there for them. Let them know that you're, you know, you, you love them, you're concerned for them and you, you know, you can share that pain with them but, I, you know, that doesn't mean that we have to fill that space with a bunch of words that doesn't help any. Yeah. Um, and then I would say the second step would be to offer practical help, uh-huh. um, whether that be running errands for somebody, maybe bringing them a meal, um, just checking on them, sending them on a card, just some kind of something that's going to help them through the process that they can't take that time to focus on because they're dealing with what they're going through. Yeah. Um, and then... Practicing the ministry of presence, just mm-hmm. being there. Yeah. Words don't have to be exchanged. Mm-hmm. You know, you can sit in the company of someone else and put your arm around them and feel that presence and know without any words being spoken that they love you yeah. and that you have somebody that you can trust and you can talk to when you're ready. Yeah. And then understanding that it is a long process. People, like, it is a long process. People may look okay. Uh-huh. And you may think that they're finally at a point and they're okay and they're past it or they're fine. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they are. So never stop checking up on someone when something's so recent. Yeah. Just to check on them. So I think that those are some steps that we can follow. Mm-hmm. I'll add to that too. Don't ever underestimate the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because picking up the phone to call someone and say, let me pray with you mm-hmm. is so much more significant yeah. in those times showing up somewhere where they are broken and saying, let me pray for you. Um, God meets you in that. Yeah. And I believe that praying in that Holy spirit just brings something different into the room, into the atmosphere, into, um, that person's mind into their thoughts. And it really, uh, it changes them, even if it's for a minute, even mm-hmm. if it's for a second, even if it's for an hour a day, yeah. it gives them a little piece of hope. And I think that um, the power of prayer 
is so important Mm -hmm. for those who are suffering, um, whether or not it be for someone they're losing, whether it be someone they lost, whether it not be um, in a relationship, um, a medical illness that they're going through here, whatever it may be, it's so important to somehow pick up the phone, text a prayer, just any kind of Mm -hmm. the power of prayer is just so important Mm -hmm. in those steps. And um, I think that that's something that we could all work mm-hmm. on being better about as well. Yeah. I know there's times that I've gone through things and people have reached out to me just to pray with me. Yeah. And it it is normal to put ourselves in isolation, so it may be that we don't even respond. And I know for myself, when I've reached out to other people and they don't respond, I don't take it personal because yeah. I know they're going through something. So in that situation, I'll text a prayer like you had mentioned. Yeah. Because I know that they're at least going to read it. They don't have to respond. And mm-hmm. I'll always follow up with, I don't expect a response, but I just want you to know this. Yeah. And, and pray for them because you're right. Power... The power of prayer is huge, and it is the one thing that has availability to make a difference in someone's life and their grieving process. Well, it's the power of the tongue. That could be a whole other topic, too. But, I mean, seriously, because you were talking about, you know, one of those things is just being there and talking and stuff. But sometimes the words that we say are just, Mm -hmm. you know, like just unheard words in those instances. But prayer is just different. The power in the tongue and prayer, it's just different. It is. Um, I kind of want to throw out there that this has been a really different kind of topic. Um, it's been a very serious Mm -hmm. topic, um, but a much needed topic, I think for so many people, me, myself, I mean, I learn something every time that I think about this and, and, and talk about it. But, um, if you know someone who is struggling, if you know somebody who needs prayer, needs help, who is suffering or is struggling with the loss of someone, whatever it may be, do not go without reaching out. Whether or not it's sending us an email, mm-hmm. send us an email. Yep. Whether or not it's messaging us, message us. Whether it's not reaching out to a friend, a loved one, someone that um, you can trust, do it. Yep. Do not... Know that you are never alone mm-hmm. in your suffering and in your pain. Yeah, we will always be there. I mean, if you have no one that you can reach out to, or maybe this is all new to you, yeah, feel free to reach out. We will pray with you. We will pray for you. Absolutely. I mean, there's always people. Uh, the enemy tells us we're alone, but we're never alone. Yes. And if you don't know Jesus, let me tell you, he is the greatest thing that I have ever known. And I will testify that to the day that I die. And mm-hmm. so... They're also, we are also here to pray the prayer of salvation, yeah. to meet you right where you are, no matter where it is. And so he is good. He is great. He is sovereign. Mm-hmm. And um, always faithful. Always faithful. So we hope that you guys have just gotten something out of this as much as we have and enjoyed um, this episode today. We will see you next, talk to you next week. <laughs> talk to you next week. All right. Bye. bye.